Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Connor. Hey, Brittany. So, I've been noticing a lot of important words end in ism. Have you ever noticed this? Ah, the isms. Yeah, let's, <laughs> uh, there's, there's quite a few of these. So, what, what isms come to mind for you? So individualism was the first one I could, I could think of. Uh, collectivism is another one. Uh, yeah. Capitalism. Uh, what's another one? Help me out with another one. The big S, socialism. Ah, socialism. Yes, yes. So these words are on the news all the time. Often in the same conversation, we hear people talking about how important they are. This person believes in this ism. This person believes in another ism. Now, we probably don't need to go over each individual ism today because there are, I Googled it earlier, there are hundreds of isms. Oh, wow. Yes, lots of isms. <laughs> uh, but I kind of want to discuss, you know, what is, what is an ism? What are these things that we, we live by so, so uh, fervently, you know? Yeah, let's, uh, should we maybe walk through each of the ones you mentioned and help our listeners understand what they are? Yeah, so let's do individualism, which is my favorite-ism. I know, so, I know we're going to give a little warning about isms, but that is my favorite-ism. So there's the warning. That's Brittany's favorite-ism. Uh, <laughs> it's mine, too. And our uh, listeners who have our Tuttle Twins books, they'll remember uh, these terms from several of our books. And individualism, which we'll talk about here, and then also collectivism, which we'll talk about next, uh, were discussed or, or introduced in the Tuttle Twins and the Road to Serfdom. It's a good one. Um, and so that's all about uh, uh, whether it's good for individuals to make decisions or, or the collective groups to do it. So Brittany, I, I stop you on the street, you pull out, pull out your ear pods and I say, hey, what is individualism? How do you respond? How do I respond? Well, I think you gave us a little bit, a little bit of a preview, but it is where it's, it's when a, a system or a government, whether that is a government or not, it could be a community, uh, puts the rights of the individual ahead of, or at least values them a little bit more than the rights of a collective. Now I'm going to talk mm -hmm. about what a collective is, because that is a little bit confusing too. Mm -hmm. A collective is a group, right? It's a group of people. So a collectivism versus individualism is, is whose rights, I don't want to say matter first. I feel like I'm being, uh, this is me being candid, not recording. <laughs> How do I say this without being rude? <laughs> I think of, um, Oh, you know, when we defined it in the, uh, the Tuttle Twins and the Road to Serfdom, what we said for individualism is that it's protecting the right of individuals to act in a way that they decide is best for themselves. So who should choose for you is the... Yeah, okay. and then just like you said, prioritizing the individual over the interests of any group that he or she may be a part of. So think of it this way, if you've got some friends that you're you know, playing together with on the playground or your neighborhood um, or your city or even your church, your school, the government, when you have this group of people and they say, well, we think everyone ought to do this. Well, what if you disagree, right? Hmm. Like what if, what if your neighborhood is like, we think everyone should paint their garage pink to, you know, for breast cancer awareness, or we think because it's the 4th of July, uh, everyone should paint an American flag, you know, on your fence. So what if you're like, no, I don't really want to, right? Individualism, in my opinion, Brittany, is we have the right to decide what's best for ourselves. That, to me, seems like the American way. Yeah, you remind me of something else, too, and maybe this didn't happen to you in school, but when I was a kid in school, if a few kids, maybe one or two kids, used to do something bad, my teacher used to punish the whole class. Did you ever mm -hmm. have that happen to you? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and I remember sitting there thinking, 
this isn't right because I did not do anything wrong, but I am being punished for someone else's collective bad decision, right? For two or three people's bad decision. And that always kind of irked me a little bit. Maybe that's why I love individualism so much because I remember being a kid and thinking, I should be judged for what I did or I should be, you know, what, what my actions were, not on the actions of a group of people. So the real question, Miss Brittany, is that when you were a teacher, did you ever punish the whole class? <laughs> no, I actually, I'm very proud of this. <laughs> very proud of this. On the first day of class, we had a whole discussion on this and I shared the story I just shared with you. And we had a rule that if I did that, or if I got even close to doing that, that there was a respectful way, we used the word decorum, that's one of my favorite words. So there's, a, there's an assignment for you, look up what decorum means. Decorum. Decorum. That there was a right way, a respectful way to say, you know, raise your hand and say, you know, Miss Hunter, I think you might be wrong about that, or I think mm -hmm. you did this. And we would discuss it. But that was very important to me, was making sure that each of my students knew that I was going to be great, both grading their work on their own merit, and that nobody was going to be disciplined or, you know, for anything that they did not do themselves. It seems like every individual wants individualism, though, for themselves, right? It seems like everyone wants to make their own choices when it comes to what they want to eat, what type of shampoo they want to use, what car they want to drive, where they want to study, what they want to believe. So, so I don't know of any individual who's like, no, someone should tell me what to think and what to do and where to live. Like, no one feels that way. But... I think the key problem comes in when a lot of individuals, even though they want that right for themselves, they're not always comfortable with other people having that right. They're not always comfortable with, oh, you know, my, my neighbor is going to have a lemonade stand on their driveway. You know, I don't like that. What if someone's going to get sick or, oh, someone's going to, you know, rent out their, their basement on Airbnb to someone else. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't like that. How dare they? Yeah. So, someone's going to, uh, I mean, even in some neighborhoods, they have these rules in like what's called an HOA. Uh, it's kind of like uh, a mini yes. government. We all love HOAs. Um, and by we all love, I mean, we all hate. <laughs> uh, but you have some of these communities who are like, nope, you can't put up any flag. You know, I remember seeing one person get in trouble because he, I shared this silly example earlier, but this guy literally painted the American flag on his fence. And the rule in the neighborhood was you can't do it. And they punished him for it. They made him repaint it and take it down. Otherwise, they were going to fine him and make him pay money. So everyone's like, yeah, I want to be able to do whatever I want. I want individualism for me. But not for anybody else. But not for anyone else. <laughs> I want the ability to control what other people do in a way that I prefer. And that's why we get a lot of these government rules that boss people around. Because people are like, hey, I, I want to be able to kind of dictate what other people do. So that seems more like collectivism, right? Brittany? Okay, yeah. So what about so. these other ones? Let's, let's dive into these other ones. So capitalism and socialism. I hear these on the news probably more than the first two. These are the ones I'm hearing all the time. And uh, they're, so they're not, they're not super easy. You know, we use the word free market sometimes. Mm -hmm. Now, free market is very similar to capitalism, but they're not the same, or are so they? How, so how would you define them differently then? So I would say, because I know that we talked about this a little bit in an earlier episode, capitalism almost has sometimes this negative connotation that it's bad, where, where free market almost sounds a little bit, a little bit nicer. Mm -hmm. But in reality, they're, they are the same thing. That, that's what I think. I think when people think of capitalism, sometimes they think of the system we have right now, which isn't really capitalism. When the government can give certain businesses money, you know, like when it says, hey, to the airline industry, you're struggling right now. Here's all this money. 
or when they go to farmers and they say, hey, we're going to you know, pay you all this money to help you because we know it's tough right now. When the government is taking our money, our taxes, and giving it to certain businesses, there's a lot of people who don't like that. And then they're like, oh, capitalism is bad. Look at all these people who are benefiting. But that's not real capitalism. Capitalism, Brittany, is what you said. It's really the free market where it's not a partially free market. It's not a mostly free market. It's a, a actually free market where you and I can buy and sell and exchange where we can go to the store and they can say, here's the price. And I'm like, yeah, that's too much. I'm going to go buy it online. Or We can have lemonade stands without having to get a license. Absolutely. So why the, the word, I think a lot of people get hung up on capital in the, the capitalism, right? So capital is really just money. And so maybe some people don't like capitalism because they feel like it's the love of money. Like oh, all, all yes. we're trying to do is earn money and it's the Scrooge McDuck. It's the, you know, <laughs> whatever. I, I just want more and more and more money. When in reality, I think there are some people who get kind of addicted to earning money and they, they just love to be rich. But in reality, a lot of people want to earn money so that they can, you know, buy nice things, which in turn helps that company or that person who sold it to them. And they're able to pay for, you know, groceries for their kids and, and so on and so forth. So capitalism is really just using money uh, to buy and sell things. So maybe let's talk very briefly, Brittany, about I know this isn't quite an ism, but capitalism requires capital, which means that we need this medium of exchange, right? So the people who read the Tuttle Twins from the Preacher of Jekyll Island, remember that we talk about that, you know, we could barter. So Brittany, if I, I have chickens and they lay eggs and then I could say, hey, Brittany, you know, I have these eggs. I really like those headphones you're wearing right now. Will you barter with me? And so we have to decide two things. Number one, that I want your headphones, but that also you want eggs. And you might not want eggs. You might be like, oh, I've got enough eggs. or I don't. Need I need eggs. apples or I need something else. Yeah. Right. And so we, we're kind of mismatched. So capital is nice. Money, this medium of, of exchange is nice because I can give you money for your headphones and then you can go buy different headphones or buy something else completely. Um, that's why capital is nice because it allows us to buy and sell and exchange things so much more easily than if we were just bartering or if someone was like bossing us around saying, you'll trade with this person and do this. That would just be silly. It wouldn't really No, you sound like the next ism we're going to discuss what uh, you just said. Yeah. <laughs> so socialism. Do you, the, remember, uh... <laughs> do you remember Brittany really quick? Do you remember watching Lion King when they would say Mufasa? What yes. Ooh, do it so, again. Yeah, ooh, of course. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's that's what I'm trying to have. Every time someone says socialism, I want this like shiver up my spine. And like, Except don't say it again. <laughs> don't say it. But you you said something interesting. You said capitalism was the opposite of a system where where somebody, maybe it's a government, will tell you what to do with your business or or what to produce with your business or even if you can have a business. Mm. So this sounds a lot like socialism. Right. Yeah, it reminds me of, uh, you mentioned Atlas Shrugged, um, and uh, we have one of our books based on that, The Tuttle Twins and the Search for Atlas. And in there, there's a gentleman who is explaining that what happens at the circus is just like what happened in his, his country, Russia, that he came from, and that they were trying to impose all these controls and prevent people from, from benefiting and earning money and doing what they wanted. And uh, so he was worried that he was seeing more socialism happen. I've seen articles, Brittany, of people who come from like Venezuela or who come from Cuba or who come from Russia and they live in America now. And they'll write these articles and they'll say, guys, 
you're like we're turning into socialism i fled my country because things got so bad because of socialism i came to america because i wanted capitalism i wanted the ability to prosper and thrive and yet you're turning it into a socialist country again so why is it imagine imagine america becomes 100 percent socialist Brittany. describe for us what you think our our economy would look like what would the world look like if we were had like way more socialism than we had now and why would that be a problem yeah, well, we can all probably remember not too long ago when we were dealing with the, the coronavirus um, that there were lines outside of grocery stores. Now, that was different. That was because we were dealing with, with supply chain shortages and, and social distancing was the main reason for it. But in socialism, imagine if that was happening every day. That's socialism. You go to the store and there are lines because there's not enough food, because there's no incentives to make food. Everybody's treated equally. Everybody makes the same. There's no, there's no way to, to get better or to improve. So that means the store does not have very many items. And let's say you go and you want, uh, say you have a favorite shampoo. I have a favorite shampoo. I'm a girl, I have a favorite shampoo. Now, if I have a favorite shampoo and I go to the store, it's a very likely under socialism, I can't get that. There's only gonna be one kind of shampoo because the government had decided that we only needed one. Um, let's say clothes. Uh, you and I probably dress very differently, Connor, right? I think we have different <laughs> styles. Quite. Now let's say that we couldn't do that. There were only certain styles you could wear and there was only two kinds, one shirt for boys, one shirt for girls, You know, one, one pair of pants for girls, one pair of pants for boys. No choice, everybody mm. looks exactly the same. Awesome. What a boring world that would be. That's socialism, where the government tells you what you can and can't do and, and businesses especially and what they can produce. So shoes, only one person can produce shoes. So we're all wearing the same shoes. That is a world I do not want to live in. But it's worse than that because they also tell businesses how they can serve their customers. So, um, so there's a lot of people who talk about socialism today. And that's why the word comes up, uh, specifically a man named Senator Bernie Sanders. Does that name sound familiar to you, Connor? That also gives me the <laughs> shiver up my spine. I was going to say, that's the other one, right? Bernie Sanders. Oh. And he's somebody that, you know, people, like Connor said, flee to America so they have choice. The thing about capitalism is it gives you choice, where socialism does not give you that option. But then you have modern-day politicians like Bernie Sanders who actually want to take us back to eras where people have, they've been fled. We've already moved past that. We don't want to go there anymore. But people like Bernie Sanders are championing these, these ideas. And, and that's what makes isms in general so scary. What's also interesting for me, Brittany, you mentioned Bernie Sanders and, and uh, people like him who support socialism. What we, what you and I can point to when we are concerned about socialism is examples from around the world and around history where socialism has been tried. Brittany, has there ever been an amazing success of socialism around the world? Not one that I can think of. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're always massive failures. People starve, people go hungry, they lose their jobs. They don't have electricity in the modern right. world. Yeah, they, they run out of basic goods and services. In Venezuela, right, you have this country that was among the richest in all of South America, and they have massive oil reserves. What that means is their, their country uh, they have a lot of oil deposits, which they can extract and sell. And There's a lot money. of money in oil. They probably, they did do very well for themselves, right? Right, but then they adopted socialism increasingly, and now people can't even survive. They, the, the country is, is broke. You have people trying to flee. Uh, it's all completely falling apart. But Brittany, here's another question. When, when these government leaders implement socialism, and the average person becomes very poor, they start losing jobs, they're struggling to survive and provide for their families. That also happens to the politicians as well who implemented the socialism, right? Don't they also struggle and starve and 
<laughs> That's the funny thing, Connor. <laughs> I'm sitting here, they can't see, shaking my head at you <laughs> because that is not what happens. In fact, at the height of, of everything happening in Venezuela, which is still happening, people were starving. And the president of Venezuela threw, I think it was a multi-million dollar party for a former um, a de- and now dead socialist president. Wow. So here his people can't eat. And he's up, you know, in his, in his house throwing this big lavish party while his people are literally starving. And that is, I think that pains socialism for exactly what it is. <laughs> and then you have Bernie Sanders. <clears throat> the reason I brought all this up and it, trying to implement socialism in America. And, and here's a guy who has used his position to become rich. His position is just a politician. And he has not one house, not two houses, he has three houses. I don't very know. nice houses. Very nice houses. And you know, when he was running for president, he was criticizing these millionaires. These millionaires are the problem. There's too many millionaires. And then it was revealed that he is also a millionaire. And so then he shifted his his tone, his message to say, We have too many billionaires. <laughs> because it was revealed that he was part of the supposed problem that he was fighting against. But that is what happens with socialism is not only does it not work, these grand notions of more equality and more fairness, uh, what really happens is that people become more poor and wealth, money is concentrated within the government among the, the politicians at the top. So they all benefit, just like you said. And, uh, and, and they just continue to do that until you know, something collapses or something bad happens. Socialism is actually really harmful to a lot of people. Whereas Brittany, we've talked about how uh, capitalism can help people. We talked in another episode about how rich people can invest in That's right, things that, that kings used to not even be able to get. And now you look at Africa, there's widespread poverty, but what has innovation and what has the market and capitalism produced? They all have cell phones, right? The mm-hmm. cell phone adoption in Africa is crazy high. Can you imagine that? Like none of us had cell phones, you know, 15, 20 years no, ago. No, and, and now, you know, the poorest person in Africa can get one and talk it's to incredible. their relatives around the world. It's incredible. It's amazing. And that wasn't socialism. That was capitalism. So these isms are really important. There's a lot more, Brittany, we could talk about. We could, so we could many isms. Talk about, you know, communism and all kinds of other things. Uh, but, but these are super important. So I'm glad you brought that up. Make sure, guys, that as you go about uh, your studies, that you learn about these isms because some of them are really dangerous. And it's important for us to know, you know, what they are, why they're a problem. And also for those of us who believe in a free market or believe in capitalism, it's important to understand what is, you know, real capitalism, right? And, uh, and what's fake capitalism? What's, what's the word that we use? Uh, crony capitalism. Crony. Crony capitalism. Crony capitalism. Like cronies are like these these like bad guys that kind of get in with the government and they're, they're not really capitalists. They're, they're doing it wrong. Um, so it's important <laughs> to understand this stuff. Guys, thanks for sticking with us. Make sure you're subscribed. Uh, tell your friends about the way the world works and we'll see you on the next episode. See Talk you later, to you next time. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.